Hello and welcome to episode 47 of The Brand Lounge, the place for unfiltered conversations on big topics for small businesses. I'm Tammy Heels, founder of Shadowcat Creative, where I'm a personal brand and marketing consultant. And today I am joined by Jenny Ambrose, a solution-focused designer at her business, Pure Fantastico. Thank you so much for joining me today, Jenny. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited about this conversation today, listeners. Today, Jenny and I are going to be talking about embracing your weird, which is something that I'm super passionate about, as I'm sure that you would have noticed with all the encouragements to be yourself in your business. So Jenny, I really love to start these episodes by making sure that you, me and the listeners are all on the same page. So what would you say or how would you define it when we say embracing your weird? So... I often feel like weird gets a bad rap and is at least more negative than the quirky or the is totally herself. So when I say embrace your weird, I mean like what you like and be okay with it. And that's it. Like it may not even be that weird, but it might be different from what you see around you. And so it's more important that you are happy and that you choose things that you like and that as you choose those and celebrate that choice, you are confident as you move forward. Yeah, I think that's a really beautiful way of putting it. I think, yeah, I I absolutely agree that that's how I would perceive it as well. And I think for from my experience, it often manifests in the things that we think are weird about ourselves rather than what other people think are weird about ourselves. Do you see what I mean? I do. And I, I feel like I have the reverse. Oh, interesting. I'm, I'm totally normal to myself. And it isn't until I react to the others in this universe um, that I see how different or weird I actually am Um, and it took me until I was like 30 something to realize that that was a positive quality. Cause I'm, I'm like, what do you mean that's weird? You're weird. And then like, oh no, wait, actually I, I, and that's a little different. Okay. Okay. That's fine. (laughs) (laughs) It's so strange because yeah, I mean, when I was growing up way back in the day, when I was growing up, like I grew up in a reasonably small town in the southwest part of England. So it's kind of a little bit more rural. It wasn't a big city or anything like that. And inevitably, it's one of those places where everyone knows everyone else's business. You know your school friends, you know who goes to the other schools. Like you kind of know everyone who's in your year. So it felt very prominent if you had habits, interests, or kind of likes or dislikes that were outside of the, in air quotes, norm. And I think that it just felt like unless you could find others so that you could feel like that collective difference together, yeah. it really felt like you were like out on a limb. And as a teenager, like horrifying. Yeah. Plus it was the days before the internet. So it was a very small parameter of what was acceptable in your world. True. I grew up um, with theater parents. So I grew up in a, I mean, for New Jersey, it is a small town, but it's still over 500,000 people, which should show you what small town is for New Jersey. Um, We had three different primary schools, three different four through six schools. What they had to build a whole new school for seventh and eighth grade 
and then a giant high school. So that's where I grew up, but then moved to Florida um, where I was such a different weird that even the weirdos were weirded out by me. (laughs) And that is true. I mean, I wasn't interested in drugs. I wasn't interested in partying. I was interested in making my own clothes and teaching myself Photoshop. And I was totally fine being alone on AOL in an AOL chat chat room with friends who were obsessed with Nirvana, making pants, watching I Love Lucy reruns. Like that was my childhood with happiness. So I got real used to, oh, you don't like this flavor? That's cool. I love it. Bye. And that's how I formed most of my life. (laughs) I love that. So I've just Googled how many people live in the town that I grew up in, and it's 45,000. That's a small town. Small town. And like like we were saying, like when we were growing up, because I think we might be similar ages, at least similar brackets. And it's like the internet was still so new. And there was like MSM Messenger, where MySpace was the thing. And there wasn't things like Facebook. There wasn't Instagram. There wasn't like this ability other than finding forums where you could go and find people who had similar interests to you. There wasn't kind of this same oh, it's okay if I don't get on with my school friends because I have my outside of school friends who share my interests. So like I can have my my group and my findings there. And I think it was only like you were saying, it was only really when I got into like my late 20s, early 30s that I realized that, oh, hey, actually it's okay to be a little bit different and to embrace not liking some of the mainstream things that I've always felt like I should have an interest in because that's how you start conversations the should the should is such a heavy piece to this that most people take for granted um i don't think there is a should there isn't a should for humanity there isn't a should for running a business there isn't a should for being a creative like there just isn't there's what you like and whether or not you're okay with that. And that designates people who feel authentic or people who are successful. If you had a million dollars, but you hated it, you would not be viewed as successful. You would not be listened to. It would just be a very strange experience. Like, what would you hate this? Like, people would not know what to do with that. And so when you're like, oh, I should feel this, because I had that. I totally had that. When I was in art school, I very much wanted to be the type of person who was just happy making pretty things. Desperately. Like, everybody else enjoyed making things that were cool and didn't mean anything. Why can't I? Because for me, it is a communication tool. For me, I am very analytical. It has to communicate more. And even when I try and make something like a hand towel, it ends up being like a hand towel that reflects mine and my husband's inside jokes. Like it's not, I just cannot um, make something. And I felt really bad about it. In art school, after graduating, trying to do my own thing, like why can't I just make templates for people to buy? Because that didn't bring me joy. And I had to let that go and move on to things that brought me joy. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's really interesting because I think I had a similar experience where I always loved creating. I always loved art when I was growing up when it was very structured, which is ironic because art generally isn't structured, but it'd be like, right, today we're going to be doing this task, but you do it in your own way. And when I went to college and did, um, so I did graphic design, which is nothing like current graphic design. I don't think we used a computer more than once every couple of weeks. It was all very like, yeah, multimedia, like we'd be doing, I, I did like a city and guilds in ceramics. So we had pottery classes to learn how to use ceramics. And we had like art classes and lettering and uh, paper engineering, which was one of my favorites. So it was very different to what graphic design actually is classed as now. Um, but I also did art in order to go to uni to do my course in animation, my, get my degree in animation. And when I was doing art, I realized how much I hated doing art for myself, which is why I love design, because design is creating for others and it's practical and there's there's reason and purpose and strategy behind it, but it still looks amazing. And like you said, I always found it really, I found it, I felt really disconnected because I was doing art and I've always been good at art in air quotes, but I never fully understood that design was an option. Yeah. yeah. And I think a lot of the time when you're sat there feeling out of place and you're feeling a little bit weird or different or whatever else, it's more just not understanding that there are other options and that's okay. <laughs> and that you, as you are, can make up an option. Yes. This is my favorite choice. This is the no choice. The choosing a choice you have not presented me. Um, when I go to a restaurant, like back, let's just imagine a time where we can go to restaurants again and the story is relevant. Um, <laughs> and they're like, would you like iced tea? And I don't like the flavor. Maybe it's just like they have mango tea or whatever. I will say, do you have hot tea and a cup of ice? And the waitress's face is like, I cannot believe this woman. And it's like, it's so easy to me to be like, I will make my own iced tea. This is not a problem. But people don't think that way. They think they are forced to choose this weird, invisible dichotomy. And it's like, no, there is a magical, invisible third option you are not even noticing. And it's screw the ways that you have been doing it. I can make my own way. I can. Other people have. Me too. And then you just skip on your way. And that's what running a business has provided me. Yeah, absolutely. I think that that is such a beautiful, a beautiful statement and a beautiful segue. Um, <laughs> so running your business, I think what you were saying earlier, I just want to reflect back to something that you were like, what you should do as a creative, what you should do as an individual, what you should do as a business owner. I feel like these shoulds crop up again and again and again throughout our lives. Every time we make a change, it's almost like it's tied with, for me especially, and I'll speak from my experience and I'm sure that there'll be others out there who can relate, where it's just Right. So now I'm going to be a business owner. What should I do? What does that look like? What is a business owner? Rather than trusting that, hey, you're, you're still you and you can still find your way. It's almost like there's this internal conflict because you're like, I want to do this in the best way possible from others who have kind of forged a path before. But at the same time, I don't like the way they're doing it. So I want to go off this way and do it my way. And it's having the confidence to do that. Well, for me, I very much see similarities in other 
but let's say in other paths, right? So we are both a wonderful, mature adult women who have forged our personalities naturally through existing in our life. We have not had to say, who are we authentically being on Facebook at eight or 15 or 22? We've had to exist in situations and then that informs and creates our personality and our likes and dislikes and problems. Business ownership is the exact same thing. It's just that people don't think about business ownership or branding your business as a way to inform that personality in a natural, organic way. It becomes very put on and applied and very trend-informed. Because if we're thinking about shoulds, a lot of the shoulds are, well, this person is succeeding. I want to succeed. I will do what they are doing. But we do this in kindergarten. We do this in middle school. We do this in high school. We do this if we become mothers. Like, we do this. And that works. But it doesn't always work. And so you're free to try that like a pair of pants. And if they fit, they fit. And if they don't, you take off the pair of pants and you keep on walking until you find a skirt. Like, that's the truth of it. And in my business, it's very much like there is no right way. The right way is the thing that makes you feel joy, that is sustainable for you to continue because if you hate it, you're never going to continue doing it. I don't do burpees for fun. Like, that's not the choice. <laughs> <laughs> but yoga, I can definitely do. Yoga makes me feel good. Yoga is a more sustainable choice for exercise for me than burpees and high-intensity interval training. Does it mean that I can't have brownies every day, all day? Yes. But I at least enjoy my life more. And I think if we had the freedom, if that freedom was more available, I think more people would feel ease instead of this panic to follow the latest trends. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I think it's it's so difficult because the internet now is such a noisy place. And as a business owner, we surround ourselves inadvertently and intentionally with so much of that noise that you if you're having even the slightest bit of questioning about something about the way that you're doing something you're gonna find an answer that will both support what you're doing and disprove what you're doing and everything in between but this is true this is true with every single stupid question the human mind could produce. So I was teaching a class and the question was, if I'm writing an artist bio, should I do, notice the should, should I do first person perspective, like I am an artist, I use this medium, I, 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 or third person, Jenny Ambrose is an an artist, Jenny Ambrose uses this medium. And so I'm like, I don't know if there is a should, let me Google. First option was first-person perspective. The next option was third-person perspective. And I'm like, you can see. You can see here very clearly there is literally no should. What feels better when you read it and your information is in there? Do you like one versus the other? There you go. That's your should. So that's it. Because it's water. 
Absolutely. And I think that there's a certain amount of unconscious bias that goes into it all as well, because whatever question you're asking and whatever answer you want to find, you, you will find that exactly like you just said, like whatever it is that you're looking for, you will find an answer that supports whatever it is that you are seeking. Whether you want to have that answer or not is a different question. But if you're like, should I do this? Yes or no? You'll find both. <laughs> and beware of the people it doesn't matter who they are. You could even be this person um, that needs the confirmation through argument because it's like, listen, clearly you know what you want to do. You don't need anybody else to confirm. You have to confirm. But the people who are like, no, I just think this, but what do you think? No, I just think this. And it's like, okay, well, you clearly know what you think and that's okay. Know what you like, be okay with it. The end. I felt like this could have been the shortest podcast ever. <laughs> like, thank you for coming. It boils down very, very simply yeah. for me across so many of these things. Like what you like, be okay with it. I love that. And I, I especially love the be okay with it because I think that that's where I know in my past it's where I've been tripped up less so now that I'm kind of like I'm a beautiful weirdo and that's fine because I find other beautiful weirdos who are attracted to my weirdness and that's cool I'm happy with that and everyone has their own little areas where they feel that they're different and if you know use that to inspire you to do wonderful things that are different that's the magic sauce that makes you succeed in my opinion, because if that wasn't there, first of all, it would look something different and then that would be your magic sauce. But the fact that it exists as you and you have it and it comes naturally to you, you lean into that. Share that because I promise you there is at least one other person who does not have that, who desperately wishes they did or desperately needs it in their life to help them and your inability to own that or cultivate that or find the good in that takes the opportunity away from anybody it could help. Yeah. And that, that for me is like, I'm being selfish. If I don't share this weird, ridiculous thing I've got going on in my brain, I hold myself back. And I, I, that's the one part where I'm like very harsh on myself. Where it's like, get out of your own way. You do not know who you could be helping. And the answer sometimes is I'm helping myself. I'm helping myself, but it's, I'm at least seeing that there's value, that it's okay to share, that it's okay to express myself and come out and be opinionated. Come out and be strong. Like, oh, I helped people. Wow. And it, that helps me. Absolutely. And even if people don't embrace and agree with your weirdness, your opinion, your quirks, whatever it is, you could still be helping them by opening their world to understand that there are other options. Just showing up as yourself, you show them a different way. You can walk past the ice cream flavor that you're like, that is disgusting. I cannot believe that. Like there's this ice cream flavor that is orange and black licorice. Oh, uh, me. No, I hate black licorice, but I'm like, you know what? That's fascinating. I would never consider those flavors that work together. And so now, even though those flavors are not for me, 
I'm very satisfied knowing that there are more flavors and combinations of things than I ever would have considered. Yeah. These yeah. things would be joy. <laughs> and that's, yeah, and absolutely. And that's wonderful. I think that now, particularly in the era, the era that we're living in where there is a lot more accessibility to ideas and sharing ideas and finding communities and finding random products. Like I absolutely adore finding some of the weirdest things that I can possibly own and have them in my kitchen. I have a sushi maker that shapes rice into little cat faces and then like little 3D ones. And then it's got little cutters so that you can cut out features like whiskers and the ear bits and everything like that. And I'm just like, look, this is the modern miracle. And if someone turned around to me and they were like, I've got this business idea and I'm going to create 3D molds so that people can have cat-shaped sushi, I, I am all for that. But someone else might be like, why? To yes. make people like me happy. <laughs> I have, and I love her so much. She's one of my mentors and she means well, but she is one of those naysayers who will be like, no one's going to want that business. And it's like, excuse you, just because you don't want that business and I don't want that business does not mean a human being out there is going to reject this business. There are more people's opinions than just Yours, I love you, shut up. And that's my mentor. <laughs> because it bothers me when people are so close-minded. I am close-minded on close-mindedness. Um, openness, possibilities, curiosity, these are the things that bring innovation. Looking at something and saying, I don't see how that could work, does not yield the new fresh solutions. The thing I, when we're talking about your history uh, and graphic design being an exploration of other methodologies and, and mediums, that is how I also learned design. It was just on a computer and my program was critical thinking, solving a problem. And that makes my heart go bitter, better. Oh my God, I love you so much because the ability to think through problems and then express that with information or visual splendor or whatever it is we're doing changes the way we see the world. To say to someone, no, I don't see how that's going to work, keeps things the way that they are. And I feel like we could all agree that that's dumb and tired and I'm over it. Like, no. And, and that's very much my stance. Yeah. And any way that even it's like, sometimes I, like, Jenny, come on, that's ridiculous. Who would ever want? Like, I don't know. It doesn't matter. My job is to think it. My job is to think it and to think that it could be. Yeah, absolutely. And something that you touched on though is like, it really hit home for me is the fact that your unique weirdness and your unique way of looking at the world and problem solving, that is exactly where innovation comes from. That's how we get these wonderful, weird, unusual, not just ideas and practical things in the world like Elon Musk brings in or how Apple would have been created, but also stories and films and creative means elsewhere that then go on to inspire and influence other beautiful little weirdos to have their own weird and wonderful innovative ideas. And that's how we progress because if we all think the same, 
Like we're never going to be able to solve each other's problems because we're all looking at it from the same side of a brick wall. Yep. And feeling like we are not the beautiful flowers that we are pushing through the brick. And that's something that crushes my spirit a little bit um, because it's really important to realize that you may not consider yourself a creative person, but you are. Yeah. You are. And I cannot draw. Okay. You can look at my website and see beautiful illustrations, but I promise you, if you took my Wacom tablet away from me, the block would persist. And I'd be like, I cannot draw because I do not feel comfortable doing that. But clearly I'm a creative person. And when we view creativity in, you know, very narrow-minded ways, like drawing or singing, you take away the ability to look at a rock and miss the opportunity to see a doorstop. Yeah. Or to see, like, a little mouse hill that you could make a little stop-motion video with. Like, there's so many things that a rock could be, um, a feather could be, and to connect with that part of yourself that is free and that is a little silly, um, benefits us all. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if nothing else, if it makes you happy, even if it's just for that moment, that's going to have a positive impact on your day and those around you. So even using your weirdness and your creativity and your different way of viewing the world to change how you're feeling, the ripple effects of just embracing that can be huge. That could impact everyone else that you meet that day because you've got a smile on your face instead of a scowl, for example. Like that could impact so much more than you realize. And since embracing this, I'm a very uh, enthusiastic and outgoing individual. I will talk to everyone about anything for an unlimited amount of time. And embracing that has made such an impact to me. And realizing that I don't have to be influenced by the room or by the engagement. I can actually influence the engagement. And sometimes that is like an impromptu dance battle in a supermarket. And sometimes that is breaking out into tap dance and song or complimenting someone else who's singing along and looking at pasta sauce, not realizing they have a beautiful voice. And I'm very connected with the space around me. So if there's someone who's wearing a beautiful outfit, I'd be like, thank you. Thank you so much for blessing us with this outfit today. And they'll just laugh and laugh, but it's true because people take themselves for granted. Every day, all day, they're like, oh, everyone does this. No, they don't. Everyone likes this. No, they do not. And owning that and recognizing that is, is part of it. Is part of it. I love that. And I'd love to bring this back into a bit more of a business context because where we both work on branding, we both work with businesses through brands. And part of, particularly if you are a personal brand, embracing the unique way that you look at the world and kind of absorbing that and showing that to others through the way that you communicate your brand. And like you said, you see it as a, as a communication tool through design. So when we're talking about embracing your differences, how do you approach that with your clients when it comes to bringing that through in their branding? Well, I always start with how do you want people to feel around your work? How do you want people to feel when they engage with your brand? 
how do you want to feel around your work and how do you want to feel with what you're engaging the brand because it is a piece of you and somewhere in the middle that determines the visuals, the messaging, the strategy, the content development, because it's unique to every single person in business I work with. And yeah, okay, sure. Personal brands absolutely can tap into this and hone this, but even corporations do this. My favorite example in the entire world is Wendy's. You have Wendy's over there? No, I, not that I'm aware of, but I'm familiar with it because pop culture, TV. So Wendy's <laughs> is a cheeseburger chain and their commercials and inside their store, it's normal, family, welcoming. Like there's nothing really like special about it, but on Twitter... They are savage. They are so brutal and so sassy that it's like, damn, I'm hanging out in Wendy's basement right now. Like, okay, we are getting drunk on beers and we are heckling the TV. Got it. Like, it's a very clear, playful experience um, on Twitter. And for me, that shows how much opportunity we have to customize our branding and to customize the experience based on the context. So I have a client right now who really wants a random, experimental, kind of off-putting brand for her business coaching website because she is here to smash the status quo. She is a different kind of coach. The website I have made has pushed me creatively and I'm just like, this goes against every single thing I have ever done as a web. Okay, we're doing this. We are doing because that's what she wants. And it's fun, but it is hard. And it is completely different from the therapist website I'm working on at the exact same time. Who's like, can we make it more clinical? Can we just warm it up 5%. And the other one I'm doing like bright orange, different bombs. Like I made my cat into a fire breathing dragon who also has a mermaid's tail for this woman's website. Nice. <laughs> because, but that's the, that's the feeling. The feeling is I handle the bullshit so that you don't have to. And the website is like random craziness. So for me, it is always dependent on the client. Um, Like you said, it is for someone else. I kind of feel like my clients have to open up their brain panel and I squish myself in their brain and I use my creative tools and my perspective and my ability to take different elements, but always through their lens. Always through their lens because what speaks to me as welcoming and warm does not always speak to my 47 year old male client who's an aerospace engineer you know like it's just I'm not the 50 year old woman who is a burlesque dancer who reads her erotic fiction in the nude but those are my clients and I've addressed their needs to their happiness um because my job is to get them to the level where they feel like, yes, this is for me. This is me. This feels good. This is who I want to be. And that communicates effortlessly. I love that. I love your analogy of squidging into their brain. (laughs) 
So for me, I imagine my clients coming to me like literally weighed down with like, you know, the exaggerated cartoons of someone going to an airport and like the dad's carrying all of the suitcases for the, for everyone. And there's like that little rubber duck Ringo thing that you get in the pool that's at the top. And I always picture my clients coming to me like with all of this baggage of all of their shoulds. And it's like, oh, I feel like I should be doing this and I should be doing that. And I should use these words. And this is what's expected of me in the traditional, in air quotes, traditional sense for my particular industry. But when you actually ask them, it's like, well, how do you feel about that? It's like, I hate it. I hate that word. I hate using this. I hate feeling like this. And it's like, well, let's let's take this suitcase then. And we're just going to chuck that over there. Let's take this one and we'll unpack that over there. And then by the end of it, it's like, Okay, so we've got a few little bits that are left over that are kind of essentials that you want to keep, but the rest of it is just you. And, you know, in the garish Hawaiian shirt and mismatched shorts and two odd shoes and you can keep the rubber duck if you want, kind of, you know. And I feel like our job as creative business owners in, again, in bunny quotes, because like everyone can be creative in their own right. And everyone knows what they want and what they don't want, but it's having the confidence, the space and giving yourself the permission to actually embrace that through business. When I feel like there are walls that keep getting put up that you take down in a personal context. Does that make sense? That totally makes sense. I think we don't, have a difficult time seeing the business as a personal aspect, even though you are a person before you ran a business, the business is not run by turtles. It is run by other people. You are not working with armadillos. You are working with other people. Humanity is very much in business, but it's not because we live in the strange 1980s version of corporate culture and this is why I started my own business. Cause I'm like, this does not make sense to me. I cannot get there. I can get to many a place and not here. And, um, when you are thinking about owning a business or you are owning a business, it is totally okay to use your own language. You set that pace, you set that tone and you are allowed to do that. It's actually unspokenly expected of you to do that that is why apple is who they are and windows is just an operating system yeah absolutely and i think like i think that there's a certain amount of fear that comes along with um particularly early stage business from my experience from both my personal experience and my experience with early stage business owners where it's like, but I'm worried about repelling other people. And my answer always is, it's like, that's good. Like, yeah, good. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to work with everyone. You don't want to work with people who aren't right for you. It's okay to turn around and say, you know what? I had a conversation with you. I know that you want to work with me, but I just don't feel like we're the right fit because you're not going to help anyone if you work with people that you don't want to work with. And people are like, oh, but I have to pay my bills. And to them, I say, you were not put on this earth to pay bills and die. Money will always come. And here's what I've learned. Money is not always worth it. Yes, absolutely. I have made $20,000 on a project that I hated. 
because the owner did not participate whatsoever. And most people were like, but you got free reign. It was exhausting. It was exhausting to be the solver and the problem person in the same space. I do not have that ability to be schizophrenic. Um, and I don't have his values and his goals and any input in which to make suggestions. Typically, you use the client's personality or what they want to achieve as your boundary, and that's what makes things sane. With the way that I view design, it's like, yo, dude, there's endless opportunities for you to get to this solution. What pathway makes it? Oh, I don't know, whatever you think. It's like, oh, okay. And so it wasn't enjoyable. And at that point, the money, it was irrelevant. And, you know, I'll see these posts uh, circulating on Facebook or Instagram where it's like a $500 client will be like, this is everything and this is all my goals. And then a $5,000 payment is like, there you go, money sent. Mm, true, not true. I've had $5,000 clients that were like, whoa, could you imagine if I had actually charged what I was worth for this project, you would lose your mind and your anus. And that's just like dealing with that. Um, people are people, you know? So when you are starting out and you're like, oh, I'm nervous. Imagine not even having the chutzpah to be yourself. And then you get yourself into a situation where you're like, oh, maybe I could start to be myself. And then the whole room dies because they, you showed like an ounce of personality. That is self-betrayal. That's not good for you. And I was this way writing cover letters for corporate environments for that very reason. Like I'm going to get into that room. They better know who's coming into this room. I'm going to be weird in my cover letter. Yeah. I'm going to be weird in my email because I have learned the lesson of being polite and palatable to get the position and then you're there and you're like, oh, you hate me. Oh, that, uh. and then what do you do? What do you do? And so that's, I lead with my beard. No, I absolutely agree. I feel like when, the thing is when you, if you approach a client, a business, a, jo a job, whatever it is by not and this is why I'm so passionate about it being part of your branding as well and really showcasing you is one, people really do need to know what they're letting themselves in for. Because I know I'm not everyone's cup of tea. Like, I know I am not the kind of brand designer that will sit there and go, oh no, absolutely, it's okay. Let's walk down this path and we'll, you know, we'll smell the roses and we'll, we'll, look, you know, I'm not that kind of touchy, feely nurturing side I'm very much more of a right let's get this done let's find out who you are let's rip all of this open and then we will work through this together but I'm not the kind of designer that's going to sit there and let you tell me oh I want it to look exactly like this because your money's wasted on me like that like yeah you don't you, I'm not here to work like that it will make me feel like utter crap it, you're not going to get the best service and experience and brand is all about experience. Well, but here's what you know, what I would love to, it will make you feel like crap. Yeah. It is your business. Mm -hmm. Like it is your call, both scary and amazing because then you get to be like, Oh, this is the thing that's going to make me feel good. 
Yeah. This is the thing I enjoy doing. Let me like swim in it for a while. And that is the thing that brings clients in, in droves. The right client. I, again, it's that whole, if you, if you're in the early stages and you're listening to this podcast and you're like, well, that's all well and good. But you know, like you were saying, I need to pay my bills. Any client's a client at the moment. Any wins a win. Okay. So let's, I'll take us back to middle school where I had a crush on like every boy that existed plus other boys I didn't even know. Like all of the boys. I was Tina Belcher. This is fine. But I didn't marry them. Okay. I was 11 and being like, ooh, ooh. And then they opened their mouth. I'm like, and then moved on. Like you are allowed to take on the clients while you figure out what flavors you like. When you were learning to eat solid food, you were introduced to a multitude of textures and flavors and spices. And then you figured out what foods you like to cook for yourself as you figured out who was going to exist in your body and what it was going to take to nurture you. This is that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. to try, but just don't get hooked on money. Yeah. Be hooked on how you feel when you are working with certain clients, when you're working on certain projects, when you're dealing with different personalities, be hooked on that because that's going to help you one, know your value two, raise your rates. So you're not like stuck in poverty rates. And then three, the confidence and clarity to be like, I get you. I appreciate you. I'm not here for you. This other person might help you. And then you are such an awesome person. You like deserve all the pats on the back and the self high fives because you're putting it out into the universe and you're keeping yourself free for the right things. Yes, absolutely. Exactly that. And I was going to say similar in the way that every client that you say yes to, you potentially are saying no to the next opportunity because you don't have time. You've got your books full. You're not in a space where you can see that opportunity coming because you're so dragged down by not feeling like you can be yourself within your business. So you're not identifying the fact that, oh, I don't feel like this because I'm shit at what I do. I feel like this because I haven't done it the way that would make me feel right. And you got to try. Yeah. And that's scary and you will not like some of it, but you have to try anyway. And like, I've been in business since 2008. There are still things where I'm like, ugh, I gotta try. I gotta gotta do different. I gotta figure this out. And I'm just used to it. And there isn't like this existential crisis of like, what am I doing? Am I failing? Oh my God. Like there isn't that anymore. But there is the like, ugh, you know what you're doing already. Just do it. Shut up, you. Like this is that that way I talk to my mentor. Still talk to myself. Um, And one of the things that helped me get over the money anxiety is this visual. So like an open hand, money comes in, money comes out. Mm -hmm. Ain't no money coming in when you're clenching your fist around the money that you have. True. So if a bill comes in, I swear to you, I make myself say, oh my goodness, I get to pay this bill. Thank you for this service. Thank you for the money to pay this bill. My health insurance bill is like $360. And I have to be like, thank you. Thank you for this health insurance. Thank you for the ability to pay $360 to get my inhalers to breathe. Thank you. 
and then <laughs> like baffling concept over here but yeah <laughs> trust me the envy is real i think it's why i watch so much british tv i just like to like astral project myself into a situation of sanity and uh we're good we're good there <laughs> <laughs> Oh my goodness. Yeah, I think like there are so many benefits to being yourself and embracing who you are and how you deal with things differently in the world, like personally, professionally, everything. And I all there are so many negatives to not doing that. Like you is it's gotta be so hard to chase your dreams when you're trying to do it someone else's way. I just can't, it baffles me. And I've tried. <laughs> And obviously I will never know. And this is like, okay, Jenny. But like I said, I still have to think these things out, even if they don't make sense. I think that's why people are so unhappy and mean to others. If we as individuals nurtured our own likes and our own dreams, where would the anger come from? Yeah. Where would that hatred of others come from? And I totally trigger people. Oh my God. Because I am so joyful, because I am so shiny, because I am like almost 38 years old and living like a 22 year old in my heart. It's very much like this crazy. And I'm like, okay, well, good luck living your shitty life. I'm going to go over here with all the color. Like, <laughs> it does not phase me. There is like a level of, I'm so sorry, you are not in a place to recognize that you could have this too. That this is not just like the Jenny Ambrose experience. This is the human experience. And I'm just really relishing in it because that's what I've been given. I've been gifted this life. I've been gifted these talents and the attributes of curiosity and silliness. How could I squander it and shove it down and hide it under drawers and stuff because this is a beautiful gift. I love that. I think I like. I feel like we could continue talking about this for so for so so long, <laughs> forever. But hey, my poor editor. Um, <laughs> Hi, editor. Thank you for listening. Um, I would say let's let's wrap it up here for now. I mean, we're going to be doing the next episode shortly, so. Listeners, if you want to hear more from Jenny and her business and everything like that, then next episode, she's going to be sharing her business journey with us so far, which is wonderful. But my last question to you today then, Jenny, would be from everything that we've kind of discussed today, if there was one key thing that you would like the listeners to take away with them, what would you, what would you say that would be? I was not always this tapped into my own joy. There was a period, I mean, I would say most of my life when I would be asked, what makes you happy? What do you like to do? The answer would be working, which is why I do this as a business. It's only recently when I was like, that's a problem that I started cultivating um, and investigating things that would bring me joy. So if you're like, man, that sounds really good, but I don't even know what that looks like. Allow yourself the unlimited buffet of options. I'm serious. And try. You know, don't invest a lot of money. Don't throw down hundreds of dollars. But just noodle. 
and dabble and throw in a YouTube video that you're like, you know, I've always liked swing dance or I've always wanted to learn crochet. Just try and give yourself that freedom and you will soon build the arsenal of coping mechanisms that I have too. That's wonderful. I think that's fantastic advice. And living your life with joy, I feel, is sadly not something that we're encouraged to do often enough. So I'm super grateful that you are sharing that message, Jenny. I think that that's just, yeah, it, I can't, I've literally, my face is aching from smiling throughout this entire thing. Like, it's been a long time to be sat here with a grin on my face. <laughs> something that I have been holding back since we talked, like, last February. So one of my favorite things to do in the morning, do you know Horrible Histories? Yeah. Okay. Obsessed addicted in love and every morning as I'm feeding my cats I put on because I don't get the songs like I can't buy them I can only listen to them on YouTube oh, and so I'll just put it on and be like I know all the British monarchs <laughs> about Dick Turpin I don't care I'm singing the songs and it's like the happiest place for me right now the happiest place is British history carry songs I love that so much. So Horrible Histories, right? yes. complete side note, Horrible Histories. I had the original books when I was growing up. Like that's how, because I was a massive history nerd. I wanted to be an archaeologist. I love dinosaurs, still do. Um, and Jurassic Park has got a lot to answer for. But <laughs> I, yeah, I loved history. It was my best result in my GCSEs, which is like high school, I guess. I like, I don't watch all of the British shows. Would you like me to list them? Because they are my favorites. <laughs> <laughs> what I mean is, like, I find it I find it wonderful that, like, these books that had these really, they were all black and white when I was little, like, really old school paper. And now it's, like, my nieces and nephew and my dad are massive fans of this TV show that I don't watch enough. And now you've mentioned it. I'm, like, I'm going to have to just, like, binge on YouTube. Please. Okay. Well, it's on Hulu for me. Um, I was sick a couple years ago and I love to learn. Mm -hmm. like, learning is just my favorite thing. It's my favorite thing. And I'm like, I love British people. I love history. I'm down. And have you heard the song, The Four Georges? Okay. <laughs> It Am is, I going to get a rendition? <laughs> no, because it's like a four-part. It's a boy band style ballad sung by George 1, 2, 3, and 4. <sighs> okay. Like, I just... And then I'm like, this is my favorite thing I've ever seen in my entire life. And so now I have like 83 songs and I sing them all and my poor husband. Because <laughs> I'm like, I'm singing about Joan of Arc right now, babe. We're singing about Dick Turpin, babe. And like when I'm in a bad mood, he's like, do you need to sing about Dick Turpin? Do you need to sing about George IV? I'm like, I'm George IV, the Regent King. And <laughs> I'm so glad this is recording because people need to know the level of quirkiness I contain. There you go, guys. Fill your world with things that you love and share them with others to bring joy to that. Even if it's for children, it doesn't matter. Hey, Rick, children are just tiny, not fully formed grown-ups, right? Matthew Bainton deserves adoring praise. 
I think they're all cute. Like, and that's the thing. It's like, oh, they're so cute. And they're comedians. So they are funny. But yeah, I will watch anything they do now. Like, I've watched their movie that they put out, Bill. I've watched their new show, Ghosts. Like, I am in to them. I think there's a theater show as well. The Horrible Histories Prom. Mm. Watched it. It's a thing. I feel like this could be a side note where we just start a new podcast where we talk about British and American things that excite us. Good. We watched Nadia Bates yesterday. Like that's our chill time is watching Nadia Hussein, the <laughs> baking woman. And British baking show is how we got the Mighty Boosh is how I got started. Oh, I love the Mighty Boosh. <laughs> I'm addicted to no fielding. Like his ability to be himself as loudly and as weirdly as possible has been such an inspiring beacon for me. Mm. Even though I am not a goth, I still am like, you know what? I love how weird you are. Thank you. Yes, great. Good, good, good. Because my boosh is like 100% my style of humor. And it was really refreshing to see like non-mainstream comedy coming through that I'm like, this is funny and other people find this funny. So now I can find other people who... I have that connection with that maybe I've kind of missed the mark and it kind of made my humor land a little bit more. And like, I like to think that I'm hilarious. So <laughs> I tell jokes and people don't get them because they're too weird in quotes. Um, the mighty boost really helped with that. <laughs> yeah. I like singing with my funny. <laughs> it's true. Like anything that has like comedy, but also singing, I am in <laughs> so many of the things I like also have songs the mighty boosh we listened to the songs from the mighty boosh as we drove across the country from Florida to Los Angeles like it is I can get my husband in a crimp like that where I'm like soup soup but tasty soup boom and like, a carrot the coriander and we'll just do it in a restaurant no problem and I'm like love you thank you <laughs> Ah, see the benefits of finding your own beautiful weirdos. Are we breaking? (laughs) Right, yes, we are. I need to wrap up. So where can the listeners find more of you online? PureeFantastico.com, Instagram at PureeFantastico, and Facebook at PureeFantastico. Amazing. So I will pop all of your links in the bio. So listeners, you can go and find more about the wonderful Jenny and send her all sorts of British comedy, singing-related memes. Please, thank you. (laughs) Um, and join us back here on Thursday when Jenny will be sharing her business journey so far in her brand story episode and until then I would love to know your thoughts on everything in this episode over in our community on Instagram or Facebook as always all the links are in the show notes and I will see you in the brand lounge